Hello, welcome back to another episode of Nobody's Doing It Right, the podcast for those who are uncertain. My name is Kat. I am your host. I am one of these perpetually uncertain people, but who is slowly working through it. Um, of course, if you don't know, I offer one-to-one guidance services. You can find those on my website. I also have a Substack where I create more content, um, like personal essays. I have journaling prompts on there now, and I also have a separate podcast that is for paid subscribers. So if you're interested in reading through any of those or listening to any of those and you would like to support my content as I make it, um, feel free to go check that out. Today's episode is going to be about anxious attachment style um, because I feel like I talk a lot about avoidance and I think a lot of people prefer to hear about avoidant attachment style because it's hard to understand what's going on in an avoidance head. Um, And because I'm a fearful avoidant, I experience both sides of the spectrum. I have a bit of insight from my own experience into what goes on with an avoidant. Um, And I think avoidance can often be very villainized because of their coldness and their defensiveness. But it is, it's coming from a place of fear and and being scared. But I I can understand how it's perceived as being cold and off-putting and mean and, you know. But I also think that it's important to recognize that even the anxious attachment style isn't, isn't perfect, right? And I think there is... um, this misconception that if you are anxious in your attachment, then you are more loving, you're more open and you're more like kind and will you're the opposite of the avoidant. But realistically, again, from my own experience and from the things I've learned, the things I've talked about in therapy, it's it's the same thing in a different way, right? Both attachment styles, the way they behave is rooted in fear. The avoidant has fear and so they close off, they pull away because they don't want to be hurt. The anxious person has fear and so they pull someone closer, they get closer, they try to attach more because they're scared of being abandoned and rejected too, right? Um, Neither are in any way secure, even though sometimes they might be mistaken as such, right? They feel, you know, the avoidant being more self-sufficient might be seen or perceived as secure in some way because, oh, they don't, they're not codependent, they don't heavily rely on somebody else, but they kind of swing too far on that side of the the pendulum, you know? Whereas the anxious person uh, might feel like they are more secure or maybe perceived as secure because they're so open and loving and so willing to love. But they also swing to the other side of the spectrum. Like it's, they go too far on it as well. And the specific thing I want to talk about with this, with the anxious attachment style that I think anyone who has anxious attachment and also anyone who is avoidant and has experienced this can feel a little bit more... um, can experience a bit more clarity on this as well. It is kind of disrespectful to feel like others need to experience your love. And I say this again, as somebody who has anxious tendencies, I understand that there is this feeling in us that we have to show others our love. They need to experience it. We need to give it to them. And these avoidant people, or even maybe even secure people who feel a little bit like taken aback by this intensity, they just they're just not letting us love them like they're just not letting us love them they're closing themselves off to us and why won't they let us love them it's because nobody needs to experience your love and to feel like you have to force it on people because maybe that's what you were taught in your childhood and upbringing that in order to be accepted and approved of you have to be giving all of yourself to somebody to the person that you are giving it to, whether they're secure or maybe even more avoidant, for an avoidant, it'll really put them off, right? It'll really freak them out. For a secure person, it'll make them feel kind of infantilized to do that to them, you know? And again, this is just my own experience, the things I've I've experienced in my life. It'll be almost an infantilizing thing 
this idea that they have to experience, they need my love. It's like that person is a an adult person and they, they are responsible of knowing what they need and how they need it. And you are not the one decider of what they need and how much of it they need, right? To put yourself in that position is disrespectful. And I say this not to shame or guilt an anxiously attached person, more to give them perspective on, hey, you don't need to give so much to others. It's not a, you're not going to get your your love and acceptance by giving so much to other people or feeling like you need to, cause, because that's not where it lies. That's not what the value is in showing love and care and consideration to other people, right? But I feel like for a lot of people who have anxious attachment, that's what they feel. They feel like I have to. And this person, because they're not taking it from me in in this, you know, immense amount, then it's making me feel unsafe because the only thing I know to secure myself and f- and be accepted and approved of is giving my love or giving myself. It might not even be love in the more, like everyone's idea of love is different, right? But it's like, they're not if they're not taking what I'm giving, all of it, this intensity of it, because that's maybe what you've been taught to think you have to do, that that makes me feel unsafe. So you feel unsafe when somebody's not accepting this this immense amount of anxious love. And then it spirals into, well, this person doesn't care. They're, why don't they let me love them? And, it, you know, it creates this feeling of self-hatred and then a hatred of other people, right? Especially if you get tied up with an avoidant person. And that's what happens, right? Avoidance and anxiously attached people get into relationships together because of this push-pull dynamic, right? It creates like a, it creates a cycle that has a lot of uh, excitement and energy but no true momentum, if that makes sense. And of course, if you're anxiously attached and you face an avoidant who at first is very eager to accept that intense love, because that's what avoidants do in the beginning, right? In the early stages, they are very more, they're more vulnerable and open to it because they don't know you yet. So it's safe when you don't know somebody, right? But when you when you start getting to know somebody, they close off because it's like, oh, now this person knows me and I don't want to show too much of myself. But in the early stages, when an avoidant is open to that and the anxious person comes in and says, great, I have so much to give, maybe more than a healthy amount to give, right? Draining themselves to give and the avoidant is taking it initially and then they close off, that anxious person doesn't have anywhere to siphon all of that anymore. And so there's an anxiety to that, right? This idea of like, I have so much to give and they're not accepting it. And so how how will that person like me or care about me if they don't accept this? They need to, they have to. And then this also can happen with a relationship with a secure person and secure people don't necessarily need to experience that intensity they don't that's why people say when you're in a relationship with someone who's more secure it's uh boring quote unquote because there isn't that intense excitement that intense spark that eagerness that crazy you know it's slow and steady and consistent so they don't need you to siphon all this love to them whether in the early stages or in the later stages it's a slow burn, right? That's the whole point of having a more secure and stable relationship. It's a slow, steady burn. So when an anxious person then faces a secure person and tries to give that much, and that secure person is also a little bit, you know, like, hey, you know, this is a bit much. It can feel overwhelming and scary and unsafe to an anxious person as well. So the reason I say, you know, it's kind of disrespectful for you to think that someone needs your love, it's more for you to put into perspective that the person that you claim to care about so much that you want to show this love to, you're actually, you're, you're seeing them as a, as an inf- infant in a sense by feeling like they need to experience your love. If you really care about this person and you really respect them, you wouldn't f- force them to accept love. You wouldn't feel like they are so, you know, 
they're so in need of something and they cannot get it anywhere else or they cannot provide it to themselves even, that you have to be the one to do it. It's a disrespectful thing. It's, it's a way to see them as something less than. And I'm sure that you don't want to see that person that way. And again, this isn't to shame the anxious person at all. This is something my therapist has even brought to my attention and it's made me really reframe the way I think about how I show love to people. Showing love to someone is showing them respect. And to show someone respect is to recognize their autonomy and recognize their ability to handle things. They can, they're capable of it. But if you were raised in a family, maybe where you were, um, maybe you were infantilized in certain ways, maybe there was a bit of enmeshment there. You might've been taught that you're not capable of experiencing certain things. So now you feel like other people aren't either. You know, it's projection. So again, this isn't to shame or guilt an anxious person. It's amazing that you feel comfortable showing love and that you want to, but it's just more to reframe it and change your perspective on what it means to show that love and how you show it, right? More about how you show it and, and the intensity of how you show it. There's nothing wrong with showing love. You don't have to play these games that people say in like the dating scene of you have to pull away at this point or not give too much. No, like you can give as much as feels comfortable for you, but not to the point where you feel like, I have to give more in order to get more, in order to feel safe after. It's about giving as much as feels comfortable for you in order to still feel stable and secure in yourself and not feel like you're emptying your cup for somebody else to then replenish it for you by giving you back exactly what you gave them, right? That's not that's not congruent, healthy love, right? That is anxious love. That's love rooted in childhood wounds, right? And again, there's nothing, I'm not here to, to judge anybody or say that there's a right way or wrong way to do this. It's what's right for you. This is more just to help anybody who feels anxious, who feels like they give too much and then don't have it reciprocated to them to think about it this way. Think about, it. am I giving so much that I'm now infantilizing this person? And maybe that is possibly a reason why somebody might not want to give it back to me because they feel like a pressure to, to uh, receive it but it might be too much to receive. Like it might be too much to hold. And it's about recognizing, okay, how much do I want to give so that I still have enough to hold for myself, right? That's really important as well to recognize how much I still need in myself, how much love I can show myself while also giving it to somebody else and not feeling like they have to accept it. They don't have to, nobody has to do anything. Even if they engage with you, even if they are in a relationship with you, right? There's no obligation for them to, receive the amount of love that you want to give them in the way that you want to give them. That's where compromise comes in. That's where mutual understanding comes in. They don't have to do anything that they don't want to do. And neither do you, right? And that's important to recognize. Not only do they not have to do anything or accept anything that they don't want to, neither do you. You don't have to give more than you are capable of giving in order to get it replenished if you don't have enough to give, right? And that's kind of about going back and doing a bit of like inner child work, if that's where you feel like it stems from for you. Um, but that's what helped me in my journey. Recognizing like they don't have to do anything they don't want to do, which also then means, because if they are a person and I'm a person, that means then I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. And it creates a nice balance of mutuality at that point. They don't have to and I don't have to. So how beautiful is it then at that point when neither of us have to do anything or accept anything and we still choose to? That's the key, I think, at least. That's where the beauty is of any kind of relationship. They don't have to, I don't have to, but we choose to still. Because if you have to, if there's like a desperation there, then it's not stable. It's not secure. It's, you know, it's falls like victim to the ebbs and flows of emotions and, you know, all this stuff. 
But if you don't have to, they don't have to. If they're capable of handling life without your love and you're capable of handling life without their love, but you still choose to, you still choose to, to give it and ask for it and make it work. That's, I think, where the beauty of a healthy relationship is. And just, I think, for an anxious person, this is important to really keep in mind. You don't have to, they don't have to, but you get to choose to. And if you get to choose to, you then get to decide, okay, what are the parameters now? How much do I feel comfortable giving without this fear of, if I don't give so much, then they're not going to want me anymore, right? It's, it's about allowing yourself to have discernment too, to decide for yourself what it feels truly, truly aligned for you so that you're not emptying your cup and you still have some of your love left for you. That's also really important. You can't give it all away and then expect somebody to, to give it right back to you because it, it's not your it's not yours, right? If you like it a certain way, only you can show it to yourself that way, you know? So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was informative. I hope it uh, offered a different perspective for anybody who feels like they struggle with anxious attachment. And I hope it allowed someone who maybe has dealt with a really anxiously attached person to feel validated in that experience. Because I feel like sometimes they can be made to feel guilty for not accepting all that love that an anxious person is giving, but it can be too much. And um, not in like a negative way, like this person's just too much, more in the sense of they're not giving enough for themselves and they should, because of course you deserve that love for yourself too, as the anxious person, you deserve it. Um, but it can be a lot to not know what to do with when it's more than than they can even give, right? They're, they're overextending it. So now the person receiving it is like, oh, wow, this is a lot. Like, I don't know where to put it all really, because it's not all meant for another person. Some of it should be meant for the anxious person too, right? So yeah, I hope this was helpful and I'll be back again next week with another episode.